I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute routing in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by Union Bank Global Linker, a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business and go global. Sign up now at unionbank.globallinker.com slash hustleshare to get a free ebook on surviving COVID-19 for your business. Also by Chatbot PH. Save time and effort for your business. Automate how your team does customer service, marketing, and key redundant processes, all by using a chatbot. Invest in your own chatbot now and use AI to run your business. Go to www.chatbot.ph. No matter how uncertain it is or how unsure you are of the results, if something is really for you, the universe will conspire to make that happen as long as you do your part as well. Welcome to Hustle Share, the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now, here's your host, Ronster Bait Young. Welcome to episode 91 of the Hustle Share podcast. My name is Ronster, and I'm your host. This episode is powered by Union Bank Global Linker a free digital platform that empowers Filipino MSMEs to digitize their business. We are a proud affiliate of the Podcast Network Asia, but before we begin, we'd like to remind you that this podcast contains not tip for work language, so make sure there are no kids when you're listening to this. Because today we're going to be talking about the stock market, and to tell us all about that would be JC Bisnar of Investagrams. Now, JC's hustle is very interesting because he started out as an entrepreneur very early in his life, 
when he started selling in-game items in Ragnarok while being a student athlete that eventually taught him the discipline to grind through what he was doing. Now, JC's also gonna talk about how he got immersed early into the stock market through his internship in college, which eventually allowed him to earn his first million at the very young age. Now, it's not all rainbows and butterflies because he messed up a lot and he'll tell us the rookie mistakes and how he bounced back from those rookie mistakes that cost him a lot of money. And then JC will tell us how he decided to be an entrepreneur because of the inspiration he took from social entrepreneurship which eventually led him and his co-founders to start Investagrams. Now stick around till the end because we will be learning a lot of amazing tips on how to properly invest in the stock market in this episode. So if you're ready to learn the hustle behind Investagrams, let's begin this episode right now. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. Again, we are now in season four. In, in episode 90 to 100, we're going to try to get the best of the best. So if this person is in this podcast at this reason, that means he's done some legit shit in his, in his startup journey or his hustle that garnered him the invite in my episode 90 to 100. And in the intro, I already told you that this guy's legit because he has made it possible for more people to invest in the stock market with it's it's a I know there's it's a very very small uh, number that actually do so welcome to the show Mr J C Bisnar of Investagrams J C welcome to the show Hey Ron I am so yeah, happy thank you for having me here bro <laughs> welcome bro welcome okay so I've been low key stalking you for a while now and uh, like I always do but not in a creepy way I don't stand. I just uh, I just check out uh, what what people are doing. So again, finally you're here, and I actually made sure that you're also you come in at the right place at the right time. But before I get carried away, JC, what's your hustle? Well, my my hustle, our startup Investagrams, is a one-stop shop platform where we provide education and tools, and hopefully soon real investing capabilities, all in one website and app. Got it. So that when you say tools again, that this is. What it is, and again, uh, if you're listening to this and you're, uh, you're there's jargon in between. We're gonna try to break that one by one because yeah. there's a stigma that the stock market is only for fucking rich people. All right, and I was lucky when I was younger because I was, uh, I came across this guy called Bo Sanchez and whatnot, and he taught me that hey, my my uh, my maids were investing into the stock market and they're now millionaires. Like what? What the fuck am I doing in my life? Right. Now I want to uh, get educated, and again, this 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 startup of yours um, makes that easy for more people to actually practice uh, to to actually put money. But before I get carried away, JC, I need you to buckle up because we're, we're gonna ride the hustle share time machine. Which sounds like a fairy tale, by the way. I don't know why I keep using that sound. <laughs> it's been fucking ninety plus episodes now. It still sounds like a fucking fairy tale. But JC, I want to I want to understand, right? So, most most hustlers, it's either uh, we've had in the show, we've had dozens and dozens and dozens of them, um, have gone through either a metamorphosis before they became the current version of their uh, of themselves. What was growing up like for you? Did you have any inkling, or did you have any early hustle when you were growing up? 
Well, this this one is interesting. Uh, growing up, I used to play lots of uh, sports and video games. Okay. So, so in terms of in inklings, uh, the first time that I knew that I had the potential to go into business or that mm-hmm. I wanted to do a business in the future was mm-hmm. when I was playing this game called Ragnarok. Not Ragnarok. Sure. Have you played yeah, that? Yes. Yeah. So we've had people who actually made and actually led Ragnarok here before. Oh, nice! So if you want, if you're curious, just there's 90 plus episodes to dig in through. Just look it up. <laughs> I'll check it out. Right, so level up games, right? So that, yeah. that that was that was a good thing. So what were you doing in Ragnarok, and what did you discover about yourself there? Yeah, so so in Ragnarok, you had to uh, fight monsters so that your character will become stronger to level up. But then in the process of becoming stronger, you also had to find the right equipment. So ito yung, these are the armors, the swords that you had to, to gather. And then in the game, there was a trading economy. Meaning, yes. if there was this sword, there was actually a market for it. You could buy and sell these swords, these shields, mm-hmm. the, these bows. And then what I did when I was 12 years old, um, I, I used to remember the price benchmarks of each equipment. Okay. So whenever I see someone selling at a, at a fair value or a low price, okay. I'd, buy, I'd buy their, their, their offering right. and then I'd sell it at the, at the high price range. Wow. So, so I did that repeatedly. And then my, my Zenny in the game reached uh, 200 million. Holy shit. <laughs> that, Holy shit. That was wow. worth, I think, 20,000 pesos when I was uh, grade oh six God. during that oh time. So very early, you already had that mentality of buy low, sell high. Huh? Yeah. Uh, and the currency was Zenny's in, in Ragnarok's and, you know, to kill more pourings in the process oh, yeah. as well. So, wow, that's very good. And how did you, when you say that you had that potential? Because, again, you can't be... Um, good at something without spending a significant amount of time in it, right? If you're going to accumulate that much wealth in terms of, you know, uh, virtual points or virtual currency in a game, um, what did you discover about yourself aside from the, that, 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 uh, that knack for buying low and selling high? Because most people usually just discredit that, like, oh, you know what, I don't care, right? But you knew from the start that, hey, this is something here that I'm developing. Um, how did you find that out and discover that about yourself? Well, uh, I, I I felt a good feeling whenever whenever you had something valuable, then you were able to sell it at a high price. So I think because of that feeling, I, I was able to constantly repeat that process. Example, buy, buy a sword worth 500K, sell it for 1.2M. Parang ano eh. wow. it, 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 you're able to prove that, hey. I'm I'm kind of good or smart at finding opportunity. Right. <laughs> I'm buying at a lower old, you're price. You're probably uh, dealing with grown-ups who are fucking stuck in a computer shop somewhere. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Now, okay, um, you said you also did sports. What sports did you do? <laughs> Ever since I was a kid, I used to play basketball almost every day. Oh. Then in, in high school, uh, I was also a varsity player. Yeah. Okay, of which school? Let's represent now. Uh, Don Bosco Makati. Oh, Makati. Okay, there you go. The Walter Mark boys. There you go. <laughs> um, that's what it is. And again, Don, Don Bosco is there. So I, I, I share the same passion, though. Um, I used to also be varsity in high school. I played actually in the UAP uh, as a Ooh, junior. Nice. Uh, um, again, and a lot of how I run the team and how I look at teamwork, I look back all the time through basketball. 
right? That's because true. It, it really, that sticks with you. The leadership mm. capabilities, team mentality. If you lose, you lose it together. If you win, it's win together. There's no star player. Fuck the Kobe Bryant wannabes because they're the ones who just want to be star. At high school, there's no such thing. You need yeah. to fucking win together or you're going to get fucked and you're going to do planting rice if you don't. <laughs> well, what did you discover about yourself in sports here? Well, I discovered uh, my competitive nature. Uh, even though I, I wasn't the best at first, I had that that mentality. That's where in sports, that's where I first learned that hey, if you put the right amount of effort, research, studying, ensayo, practice, then you'd be you'd be able to improve your skills up to the point that hey, you can compete with the best. So that's the that's. In, that's where I got the mentality that hey, whatever you wanna master or win at life, just dedicate yourself all out, and you're gonna come out at some place. Correct. And as cliche it may as it may sound, hard work pays off. That's what your coach. And again, it's repetition. Yeah. And one thing that sports also taught me, and let me know if this worked for you as well, is the discipline to come in and out. Just as a student athlete, it's never easy to just study and fucking fuck. And Don Bosco is very good in developing people with, who are great in math and science. Mm-hmm. That's your, you're fucking popular for that. And you still have to put up with practice. You're, you're doing two jobs at the same time, right? And the discipline that you have to have in order to like, you know, some normal students would have to go, oh, let's go Dota. Oh, let's go Ragnarok, right? You still have to put up with practice and physically challenge yourself to get through that. What was that like for you? Well, it's really a commitment. So... At first, you'd be complaining of the practices, the pain, the initial pain. But then once you get at the middle point, yung medyo, medyo, you're, you're already used to it a bit. Mm-hmm. That's where you appreciate the, the tough training, the, the process of actually improving yourself. Correct. That's true. And yeah, it, and it sticks with you for life because, it, 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 again, it leaves an indelible mark over how you see hard work. That, okay, yeah. this, is, this is part of the process, you know, as cliche as that might sound too. Okay, so uh, college, what were you doing? Were you still a gamer or did you have a turning point for yourself that, you know what, I'm going to be different. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some, some more amazing. Or did you have a different focus? Oh, this is where it gets kind of kinda interesting. So I was, I was in my fourth year, senior high school, uh, I shifted to volleyball. Oh, so okay. I, Yes, because my, my coach in basketball was playing me as a, as a power forward or center big man okay. but my my game I, I wanted to run i wanted to play on the outside so point guard or shooting guard so i wasn't enjoying the the, the coaching structure on basketball but in order to still have access to the school's gym i needed to be varsity so i applied to the volleyball team and oh. then funny thing was the volleyball is kind of like a feminine sport during that time but but the reason why I applied to it because that because of the free gym access, almost half of my Brusco classmates applied to the volleyball team as well. <laughs> so and, and, stigma, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it became fun. And then that was I think we had around three four months left on the school year. Uh, bigla, I I was I was suddenly surprised. I I trained and tried out. Then I got accepted because during that time I uh. Medyo athletic naman ako. But right. then, but then, I was surprised because on our first legitimate game, okay. the coach 
called me as part of the first six. Oh shit! Wow. And bro, just to just to ano emphasize on gano how how I was a super beginner back then. Right. I didn't even know the positioning yet where where the the exact positions <laughs> of the players were. Yeah, yeah, bro. <laughs> so. Okay. So sabak agad. I mean, it was a it was a quick fight. I had to adapt instantly. And the funny thing was, uh, I played for one two months, and then I got scouted by the coach of Lasal. Oh wow! Holy shit! Yeah. And you're literally one to two months in. You're a late bloomer technically already, and you got scouted. Is that yeah, yeah. paved the way to, for you to go to Lasal? Uh, no, no, no. I was already uh, accepted in Lasal, but then. Okay. There, I was part of the Makati team, yung mga NCR competitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the and then the, then the La coach was there. But then, so th- I got scouted and he said, okay, you're part of the team. Go to training when you're, when you're in, in school already. But then there's a bad thing that happened to me. Okay. Um, I was playing in this Liga uh, na barangay-barangay. And okay. then I had a minor injury back then. Oh, shit. Because I was rushing myself to to play basketball uh-huh. uh, back at, at ASAP, right. uh, I, I, I injured myself deeply. I got an ACL tear because oh, of... Oh, shit. That. That's the worst. And ACLs back then are career-ending back then. They always say, yeah. once that thing pops, you're never the same. right? Yeah. Because you have to deal with two, two things. The trauma of, uh, of the rehab, obviously, and the mental trauma, which is worse. You know, look at Derrick Rose. It never got to 100% because you're always scared to get hurt again. Yeah. So, okay. When, when you get uh, had an ACL, ACL tear, did you focus that hustle somewhere else? Uh, what did you do in college? And how did that transition you to being uh, enamored with, with the stocks and business and whatnot? Yeah. So, so uh, I still tried to get back into athletics. But sadly, yung, the coach that, hi, that recruited me... W- um, got fired or wasn't oh, in wow. the school anymore, so I wasn't given the rehab facilities in Lasal. Ah, so I had shit. to do my rehabilitation, my physical therapy in Ateneo, three hours away. What? Oh, that's crazy! In Moro, <laughs> Lorenzo. Yeah, 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 bro. Yeah. In Moro. <laughs> Holy shit! How did they even let you in? Usually they're petty like that for Lasalian to go to Ateneo. Ah, no, no, no. They, they, they open it up to ano, to outsiders, mga professional players. So it's an open ano naman facility. Nah, so, did, so they, what they happened? Did not know they had a spy inside. Then you know, uh, animal. Whenever someone misses the pound three point shot, <laughs> just kidding. Okay, so you're in, and then you had to recover uh, all the way three hours on yourself, probably with your own money as well, for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. And but, how was that like? But what happened was, uh, I was about to finish my rehab five six months, so yeah, I was able to kind of get back into shape again. And then when I tried out back to the volleyball team, uh, ano na, I had a I had a tough time in in ano, in getting back. Hindi na, I wasn't my old self, na very aggressive in jumping, do or die, have that never say die play. And what happened basically was I failed. So it was a big failure because. Pangarap ko ever, ever since I was a kid, my dream was to be uh, ano, varsity athlete. Yun yung ano, yun yung the life. And then yeah. because of that failure, sobrang parang heartbroken ako because that was my child dream. Yeah. And then what happened was I get I got back to my old roots. Okay. Uh, I focused my competitive energy again in online gaming. So I played another level up games. Na produced na game. It's called Allods Online. 
So I thought to myself, nung, when I was grade 6, mm-hmm. I couldn't go hardcore because my parents would scold me. Yeah. I was just a little kid. <laughs> but now in college, it's different because you can cut your classes. You, you have free time with you. So in this game, in Allods Online, I had a goal. I wanted to prove that I could be one of the best players. So, so in level up on in level up games, they have this event called Level Up Live. You yep. that's the annual gathering of the the best competitors. Mm-hmm. And you know, after after focusing like every day, I played 12, 16 hours. Holy shit! And then and you, you were like, cutting classes, were you, or you were still going to classes? Uh, I go to some classes, but <laughs> but fo- focus ko talaga yung yung laro eh, oh, time wow, yeah. That's awesome. And then it's it, it uh, Strike Gutierrez. Strike Gutierrez uh, was also the founder of Tier One Entertainment. Oh uh, yeah, I, I saw that episode. Yeah, yeah, went through the same thing. He actually skipped one term just to focus on gaming. He told wow. his parents like, hey, you know what? I don't want to fucking play. I'm gonna fuck. I, I don't want to fucking study. I'm gonna play games here. So <laughs> what game was that? Ah, oh, forgot. I think it was shit. I'm not good with games, so don't don't call me out. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's Dota, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so Dota always uh, immortal Dota, right? Um, but for you now, you did you achieve the goal, and did you apply the same principles that you got in sports and uh, and and, and uh, Ragnarok here? Yeah, so uh, I I applied the same mentality that. If I had a character, I had to research the best strategies. I had to study my opponents. And up until we battled yung mga regionals, we, we played in Batangas, Cebu, Davao. Okay, wow. And our, our team won there. And then up to the grand finals where the price at stake was around 100000 back then. And then luckily, we won. So that, that was one turning point na wherever I go, I could still apply that hard work or smart work mentality and then you could achieve your goals if you really put your heart to it. Okay. Now, how about the studies part? Did you excel in that or did you uh, had some stumbles along the way? Studies, uh, I was one of the students where you're, you're, you're above average without school life effort. So I was just getting by without uh, immersing myself too much. Okay, so after, you know, you have the school thing, uh, what did you do to now uh, educate yourself in, in, in uh, you know, uh, the, the, this whole thing that you're currently in? Of course, investment, stocks, and whatnot. Was there a turning point for you? Uh, yeah, so after I won the championship uh, on the gaming side, uh, that's where I reflected on life na, I had to find something more meaningful or something that uh, I want to conquer something more serious. And then luckily, I got an opportunity to have an internship with one of the top foreign brokers in the Philippines. Which is? So, so that's where, when I got into the firm, that's where I first saw the stock market. And when I first encountered it, parang laro lang siya. it was just like a game. Yeah. So I, from then on, na I, I, I thought to myself, this is what I'd be doing till I grow old. So everything connected from that the point. The epiphany was there. I had a similar thing. Uh, I, I was heartbroken. I couldn't play basketball from college, uh, high school to college. I dicked around for a while, just making a fool out of myself. I worked in a call center. Uh, that's why I have this accent. And then I realized, you know what? I'm never going to be an employee. I want to be an entrepreneur. Which, of course, I still became an employee some, through, through different stints. I had like six, seven, eight jobs. Uh, and I started at 18. I started working when I was 18, literally. And then oh. I figured out, all right, this is going to be, I want to be an entrepreneur because I'm never going to achieve the goals that I have 
if I don't hustle like that. Okay, now let's take our first break and when we come back, let's now double down on what you did after you had that epiphany. Well, let's talk about that more after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate your growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph. That's saschallenge.ph. And good luck and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back from a break. We're still with JC Visnar, who now have the epiphany to understand that, okay, everything that he's applied in games and in sports can now be applied into this thing that he wants to do for the rest of his life. Was that crystal clear with you when you did that internship? Like, okay, I can see myself doing this shit for a long time. Uh, yeah, bro. Uh, it was crystal clear because, because when I saw my first chart, it was the company Mega World. And then I saw in Mega World's price, it was doing like one peso back then. And then after, after a few days, after a few weeks, it would go to 120. Then it would go 140. And then it would go down a bit. And then later on, it would go 160. So when I was just observing the prices of the stock market, it connected to me that, hey, this is the biggest game that if you master this, then you, you're going to get the real life rewards. So that's where it really bowed to me that, uh, this is where I can apply my passion, my nature of finding the best strategies, yeah. and then hopefully I could excel in it. Okay. Now, when you, after you did the internship, did you stay with the same company or did you look for for a work uh, for for a job somewhere? Uh, yeah. So after the internship, uh, I got back to school because okay. in our in our program it was a three month internship. Then you go back to school, then internship it, back to school. So alternating shana three internships. Okay. So. <laughs> So when I got back after the internship, I instantly opened my account. And then after two months of real-life trading, okay. I was really aggressive into it. So yun, my 25,000 uh, gained, I think, 10%, became 27 wow. plus. 
Holy shit. But then, but then I realized I wouldn't get rich if I started with only just 25,000. It would take me a long, long time to reach 1 million okay. if, if my base was low. So that so was the goal, 1 million? Yes, yes. Okay. Initially. And then, and, then, and then what I thought was I needed to increase my capital so that all my trades would have much more life impact to me. Okay. So I looked for an investor and then raised 200,000 in my second month. And then it, it made profit in 200, naging uh-huh. 250. And wow. then in, in my fourth month, I was so aggressive, applying the same hardcore mentality. Okay. And then I, I loaned another 400,000. So my total investor capital back then was 600K. Got it. Who and did you I ask pay- that capital from? Because how old were you when you were still in school? Who, uh, a lot of students don't have access to that capital and he even have yeah. an idea how to pitch for that money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what I did was I really tried to pitch to everyone in my circle, mga, okay. mga titas, titos, friends, okay. mga nanay ng mga kaibigan, okay. everyone that I knew. So it, it really took a while because as a 20, 20, 21-year-old kid, oh my God. they wouldn't believe you. Na, hey, right. what, the hell, what the hell are you doing? But, but to simplify, I just told them, uh, I work for one of the top foreign brokers and I know my nice. strategy. I can manage my risks. And what I gave them, the offer is actually, it's like a loan. So basically, I'll pay you 1% a month. Got it. So like 12% per annum. Yeah. And I told them, what's the guarantee? If I lose money, example, I lose 20%, yeah. I'll return everything, your capital, and then I'll work so that I can pay you back. So yeah. talag- that's the whole guarantee, my, my word, that whatever happens, if I fail at this, I will work and pay everything back to you. Which is better than still making your money sleep in the bank at the end of the day because how much yes. will that money earn? So mm-hmm. it was a safe bet. Okay, that, that's, that's amazing. That's a nice pitch. And you were doing this at 20 to 21 year, years old and you're, you already had 600K play money, technically. That's now life impacting for sure. And what were the trades that you were making? Because at, at the end of the day, no matter how much you know, strategy you put in, you're still going to fuck shit up. Right? Yeah. Did, did you fuck shit up when you started doing this? And what were those mistakes that you did? So what happened was, at first, uh, uh, the, the market was good. So the 600, I made it like 670 plus. So I was up wow. 10%. So yeah. it was cool profits for a young kid. But Absolutely. then summer, su- summertime came. I was in vacation in Cebu. And they, yeah. they have this saying in the stock market that sell in May and go away. So when I was I, when I was in vacation at my relatives, I was just chilling around, and then that was the first fast sell off that I encountered. the The stocks that I were was holding was went down by around ten uh, percent or something. So oh, all my profits was wiped out. Yung yung six seventy k now yeah. wiped out. Uh, I went as low as five hundred seventy thousand. So in the first time, yeah, yeah in, in the first time in my life, I was down negative five percent. Shit. Okay. How did you react? How did you bounce back from that? And what were what did you what are the strategies that you now took? Yeah, so so what happened after that, uh, of course, as a kid you get first you get stunned because right. of your first major loss experience. But then but then I took a pause and then I analyzed my mistake. So up to now that's my habit. Whenever you you encounter a loss or you make a trading mistake, the first thing you have to do, para it's the same thing as the sprint or startup mentality. What did I do wrong? How can I improve? Yeah. So I, I applied that mindset and I realized that, hey, I didn't, I was complacent. 
I didn't manage my risk. I didn't have any sell signals. So when I reflected on my mistakes, then ayun na, I incorporated it in my strategy the next time. And then how did I ba- bounce back? Ito medyo, this one, I got a bit lucky. Okay. When, when my money was 570K, I was looking for the next stock so that I could recover. And then I'm not sure if you remember this or you ex- you encountered this uh, this name, uh, Kalata. Na- Kalata. Okay, the controversial Vegeta guy, oh. Mr. <laughs> Kalata. Okay, so you invested in it on his IPO? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. it was around 2012, right? He was pegged as... I know the the hottest young billionaire genius, yep, yep. so youngest IPO, uh, tech agriculture company. So okay. I wasn't able to buy at the IPO during mm. when it when it was priced six pesos to seven. Okay. But then, but then, I I, re, I saw in the chart that the price was very controlled to the point that you'd be thinking that wow, uh, people or the big guys are controlling this because if you look at the the chart. It looked exactly like a staircase, so yeah. as in as in very straightforward yung chart. And yeah. when the price was going at twelve to thirteen pesos, yeah. I had a gut feel na okay, this is the youngest billionaire, yeah. and it seems like the stock was being played. And then uh, the guy Kalata uh, came from Lasal as well. Okay. So so I had that that crazy, <laughs> that crazy animal thing. to animal. Oh, oh, oh yeah yeah. <laughs> I had that crazy. Little did you know that he was doing insider trading. Okay. Uh, yeah. So so I bought around seventy uh, percent or eighty percent of my capital. No way! Wow. Kalata at twelve thirteen pesos. I remember I was in yeah. the toilet back then, bro. And okay. I just pressed. Okay, balana. I just pressed <laughs> the, the buy button. Animal, animal. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And, and my plan was simple. Uh, I know it's okay. a big risk, like investing uh, around three hundred eighty to four hundred thousand of my my capital to Kalata. But my plan was Please. simple: uh, if the the stock went down by eight to ten percent, I will get out. So, meron na akong exit plan if in case okay. hindi siya gumana. Cut your losses, okay? Yeah, yeah. But what happened after that was three, almost three days. Every day it went up by ten twenty percent, up to the point. That I was able to sell around twenty three to twenty four pesos at the top. Did you max out or did you get cold feet? Uh what what do you mean? Cold feet, like you know, you could have sold at the very apex or you sold a little uh, too early. No, no, no. Actually, I got lucky. I I sold just five minutes before it went down, so oh, I was almost wow. at the top. Wow, buzzer beater for you. Yeah. That was amazing. So that's great. And what was the what was the, what was your uh, spread uh, after you got out? So you were down five thirty, I mean five seventy. After you got out, uh, how much did you recover? Yeah, so so I was my 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 portfolio was five seventy back then, but then yeah. because I made uh, forgot if it was around eighty percent plus. So, so my fa- are you serious? yeah, yeah, from wow. thirteen to twenty three pesos around that. So almost double my money. So my, my four hundred thousand, my five seventy, yung four hundred na almost that double. I allocated ga- gained me another three hundred plus, two eighty wow. to three hundred plus. So my that's the first time where my capital reached around nine hundred k. So that's where I, I went near to my first one million mark. Almost, almost yeah. there. So what was the mentality like? Because one thing I also wanted to find out, right? So you were doing. 
these bets. It's a gamble, but again, it's data-driven. I want to find out, did anybody else mentor you to have that thing? Because at the end of the day, we're, we all need someone to, to help us see what we don't, right? And did because at the end of the day, right, you're, you're now doing this internship, blah, blah, blah. Was there anyone who was instrumental to teach you the things that we also needed when we, when we were young? Uh, well, at that point, uh, there wasn't uh, that wow. much mentorship that I received. But mm-hmm. to, to make up for that, uh, actually, if you observe that my background, there are tons of books at my back. Yes. So what I did was the same mentality of how intensely I studied games or sports. Right. Ganun din, in trading, uh, in, the, in the school in La Salle, I, right. I didn't. I cut my classes in the break time. I spent time in the library trying to find the best trading book. So my mentors wow. actually were these the best global traders. Whatever literature that I could right, find right. resources, that's what I studied on. Wow. Obsessive. This sounds like, you know, Itaewon class. I don't know if you ever watched that. You know, and, uh, you know, really preparing yourself for that moment. So that's amazing. Now, after you did that, did you still get to work? Because after, you know, internship, did you go to a firm? Did you become a licensed broker? What did you do next? Yeah, so so I got my license broker, uh, my my broker license, and okay. then went back to Macquarie for a while. But then mm-hmm. I got hired by Credit Suisse. Okay, and then I just spent one year total in the foreign institutions because you're not allowed to trade your own money. Correct. As, correct. I mean, you're allowed, pero there was tons of security protocols, correct. mga disclosures. So basically, you can't. It's a conflict do it. of interest, right? Yes. 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 So okay. I, I left because my real dream was to focus on being a full-time trader to trade for a living. Yeah. All right. Now, in order for you to become a full-time trader, how did you prepare yourself to get there? Because I'm pretty sure you, there, there was a, a turning point that said, all right, let's jump all in. Let's fucking do this. What was that moment for you? Well, just to get back on the Kalata trade, okay. uh, uh, I felt lucky. Uh, that was a lucky trade, definitely. Okay. I was still a newbie. But instead of instead of what usual beginners do where they feel cocky, they feel confident that, whoa, I'm right. the best, uh, right. I, I had the opposite mentality. Okay, I, got, I strike this big trade, but mm-hmm. then how do I repeat this thing consistently? Mm-hmm. How do I make sure that this isn't just luck? So got instead it. of being complacent, I studied... Uh, systematic trading, how to really develop my rules and how to gain an edge in the market. In terms of, and that led to my preparation as a full-time trader. The funny thing is, that was a big choice because if you're employed in the big brokers, of course the salaries are good, especially as a fresh grad. But then I was miserable because I wasn't able to, in the brokers, your job was to service the big clients. You're, You're you're not really there to find profitable ideas or something. You're just there to follow orders, kumbaga. Yeah. Um, so what I what I did was I was thinking to go full time or to resign. So what I did, I, I read this book, The Alchemist. Okay, wow. Okay. What did the Alchemist teach you? Funny thing was, it's not even a self-help book, uh, yeah. by it's by Paulo Coelho. Yeah. yeah. It's just a short story around 150 pages. But yeah. then it tells you about how the universe will conspire to, to help you if, if you're really passionate and sincere to your dreams or to your goals. So, so it's basically telling you that if you really want to achieve something, 
no matter how uncertain it is or how unsure you are of the results, if something is really for you, the universe will conspire to make that happen as long as you do your part as well. And it, it was like a magic, magical moment. After I read the, that book, I instantly resigned. I knew the answer. And then I was able to prove to myself that th- trading was for me because in, six, in the next six months of doing full-time trading with no salary, I was able to earn around my two-year to three-year salary if I stayed Shit. in the corporate. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But, uh, wow. But how? Because here's the thing. Here's what also a lot of people get get uh, get cold feet on, uh, as, as, as uh, they say, right? People get used to the 15th and 30th. That once you get stuck in that rat race, right? That okay, uh, I should have something 15th, 30th because I have bills to pay. Blah 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 blah. You took that took that risk, and you know you wanted to exponentially grow your income, right? Yep. And I'm pretty sure at the start you don't have that money right away. And again, in a stock, I've seen the best stock markets always double down on their earnings. How do you make ends meet while you're still working on your dreams? Well, it's really about uh, okay. Just to just to just to put some context on why I really wanted to take the market seriously because it was like a dream job. You can do it anywhere, whether you're just lying in the bed, you just need an internet, buy buy and sell. And then it basically freed up my time. So the reason why I wanted to achieve my first million fast was if you already have 1M capital, every 10% trade that you make, you get 100,000 and 50 to 100,000, you'd be already beating the regular salary. So that's the context for me. The reason I I took it really seriously was so that I I wouldn't need any kind of salary anymore. I could beat the regular salary. So during during the early days, okay, I I reached seven digits plus, I was able to grow my portfolio. Uh, I really lived just a simple life. Even if I was in the broker industry, I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just, lang. I, of course, I was. I'm grateful that I'm. Uh, my parents supported me. Nanjan yung okay. mga basic food and all okay. na education. Right. But then on my own, on my own accounts, I was just really living a simple life. I didn't buy anything expensive up till now. The most expensive thing that I bought is just the laptop, which is for work. Wow. But besides that, wala walang gastos, wala masyado. Yeah. Wow. So really, being frugal is key because. One thing also, again, I see a lot of millennials go through the same mistake, right? You know, they try to impress, try to keep up with the Joneses. You know, I need the the newest iPhone, blah, blah, blah. And they clearly, they're not able to, to, to afford that. Which again, it's, it's, it's a, I'm not going to shit on you, okay? If, if you're doing that. Because somehow, some way, society is designed to make you think that way. In a way, it is, it is propaganda, right? It's, it's brainwashing. You're you're just buying you're, you're drinking the Kool Aid, but for you to be woke that early, that's very impressive. So, mad props to you, JC. So, when you now got to one million, walk us through how that felt like. What was it? What you're pretty close. You got to a million. When you get to a million, what's the next goal that you shoot for? Oh, this one is. This is where. <laughs> this is deep. It's kind of deep. Um, because if you're the type that only thinks about the, the superficial or the material things in life, you'd, you'd be spending that 1M. When, when you get to 1M, 2M, you'd, you'd be instantly thinking that, 
oh shit, I need to buy that next uh, Mercedes. <laughs> Lamborghini. Need... Voilà. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I need right? I need to buy that that I know that Rolex or whatever. Right, but right. but when I reached that that milestone for me, ano eh, I didn't have any mga physical aspirations early, early in. I guess it, it, it the books that I read helped as well. It yeah. grounded me that the true fulfillment in life, happiness, is doing something meaningful, freeing your time, having having just enough. So I, I didn't have yung mga material aspirations. So when I reached the one million mark, my, my mind was, na-realize ko, ay, parang ano lang to, pangarap, this is the dream of many people, but it's actually nothing yet. Kumbaga, if, if you were undisciplined, this would be gone instantly. So the okay. next goal is, it's just like a game. So how do you level up now to 3 million, 5 million, 10 million? So I was preparing and visualizing myself for the long-term game. How do I grow again as a, as a person, as a trader? Wow, that's amazing. Now, when, when you got to that, but somehow some way athletes also, like me, or a former athlete, like you and me, mm. you got to shoot for something. There's always a goal. Yeah. Right? So now you have, you're disciplined. Great, you didn't make it rain. After you hit that milestone, what was the next milestone for you that you wanted to hit? Well, uh, the the way I look, the goal is ano, 10x. So 10X. when I reach when I reach 1m, the next goal was how do I reach 10 million? Parang that's my that was my personal goals. Yeah. But so that was my 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 personal focus. But then at the same time, I I forgot to share this. Okay. When I reach 1m, that's where I began to question like the 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 sense of money or what I was doing. Because, okay, I can get rich doing this trading thing. But then I realized if you look at the Philippines, even if you get all the hundreds of millions and I'm just rich on my own account, how about what's happening in society? If you look at the statistics, uh, there's only a, a little percentage of our population who knows how to invest. Most of the people back then in 2013 to 15, they didn't know where to put their money. So even before Investagrams, I started this advocacy after I reached my first M. Uh, I did talks for colleges just to just to share about the stock market. And ayun, from that point on, nag-talk-talk ako sa iba-ibang mga region, that's where I met my co-founders in Investagrams. Got it. Okay, so you share the same vision that you yes. don't want to be alone at the top of the mountain. You want to you know, be that wave again that ra- ra- raises all boats like and you said there's only a, a small percentage. I think you do. I, I remember you posting about it uh, on this one. How small is the investing population here in the Philippines? If we're 100, uh, how, how, how few are you guys? Yeah, so I think 2019 numbers or 2018, mm-hmm. it's around 1.1 M of the only? total population. So oh that's God. less than 1%. Yeah, and they, they always say that how come we, there's uh, the rich are getting richer? This yeah. is the reason. Because the rich, exactly. you know, know where to put their money and make the money work for them. Yeah. They know that whatever they earn, they double down. They don't have to be use active income, you know, yeah. to get to where they are. Literally, they can literally sleep and they can make a million while sleeping. Literally. Yeah. Because they let their money work for them. And I think that's the wokeness. And this is one of the, because I, I did a little bit of my research, research myself. But I failed. I, I, I invested in the wrong stuff. I didn't really put in the work, the right discipline. Mm-hmm. And when I got pissed, like I was down 30%, you know what, fuck this, I'm going to cash out. Right? And that's what I don't want to ever do again. And somehow, some way, 
very soon I'll try again. I don't want to be, uh, but I'll, I'll I'll ask you for the right tips if once I do that. Okay. Yeah, sure, so, bro. When Investagrams is now at the back of your mind, right? And again, uh, you're now starting to question what the one M is while still having your own ten uh, X goal. What did you do? Uh, did how did that become an entrepreneurial journey? Because again, you're doing well. You're doing better than majority of the population. You know, just doing, having a lot of free time, whatever. Why did you take the entrepreneurship route? Us. Siguro bro, it came. Uh, it my motivation to create positive in, impact came from my college days. Because my my thesis in college, I was corporate management. So the usual thesis is they would do mga corporate stuff, mga boring thesis topics. So I was looking for an interesting business concept or a topic that that made sense or my value. So I found out about the concept of social entrepreneurship. Yeah. So see Muhammad Yunus, I think the he he he's the the founder of the Grameen Bank. So dun ko na discover na hey, I could use my business talents at the same time create a positive impact or answer to a societal problem. So that's where my motivational my my motivation came to really push for Instagrams. Uh, okay, I was doing good on my own. If you had seven digits plus in your money and then. Uh, I was tra- I was tra- traveling a lot, tambay sa beach, and then ang saya eh. Minsan, right. I, was in the, I was in the middle of El Nido. I made six digits. That was the best feeling, man. In the kayak. <laughs> in the kayak. Yeah, like, <laughs> six digits, you fucking starfish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bro. That, that was like the best uh, life feeling. Now, whoa, man. Yeah. This, this is the best job ever. Right, but then... Right. Uh, Again, again, if I was just thinking about myself, parang yeah. ano, eh, there was something missing. So that's where my drive to to have something fulfilling in my life uh, come uh, to from. find something fulfilling in my life. So that's where Investagrams came in. All right, sounds good. Now let's take our last break, and when we come back, tell us what you did to now put that feeling and that that desire to life. But let's talk about that more. After the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. 
You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn in flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We're still with the guy in El Nido making six digits. <laughs> JC Vistar of Investigram. So JC, um, prior to the break, you now said, all right, I want to do social entrepreneurship. Why did you choose to do the education route? And why did you use, go also the tech route? Because you could have done so many other routes as well. Why this? Why, why tech startup? And why a tool to help people practice the way they should invest? Well, actually, it connected together when I met my co-founder. So, Erwin was the CTO. So, at first, he single-handedly developed the, the beta, the initial version of Investagrams. Yeah. And then, me, on the other hand, while I was doing these talks, I had an initial group where we already had plans to, to really push for you know, parang investment education in the country. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And, but what happened in my old group was there hindi push through there was conflict between my other partners. Mm-hmm. So nung I met with Erwin and then our other co-founder JM the CMO um do namin na realize na nag, our talents matched together. That, hey, I, I can provide uh, the, the industry knowledge. Erwin provided the tech platform, the tech mm-hmm. expertise. JM provided the start the startup marketing mentality. And then from that point on, we got together and basically our passion and our talents combined. That's how Investograms came upon. Okay, sounds like a Captain Planet uh, thingy <laughs> with Without powers combined. <laughs> Investagram, right? <laughs> so okay, why why the name? Just this is where I kind of uh, I'm very curious. Why the name Investagrams of all the names? You could have called it because it really sounds very similar to an Instagram. Why Investagrams? Well, actually, Erwin named that. I think because of the social social aspect of the platform. So besides the tools, the education, it. You also had a social network component where you can sh- share your charts, your insights. Yeah. So, parang ano, social network pero investments in my idea. Got it. All right. Now, how did you build the startup? Because again, you're uh, what what we can now define in your journey here is you're pretty obsessive and you don't stop until what you get what you want. But entrepreneurship is a total new bitch. Is it? Yeah. It's hard, bro. Holy fucking yeah. shit. Super right? Hard. How did you? How did you get your first? wounds and say, well, how, how did you realize that? Holy shit, this is not what I've ever been through before. Uh, so at first we were, we were just three in the team. So 2015, around 15, uh, 14 to 15, parang ano pa, it wasn't really our full time thing. We had, okay. we had our own corporate job. I was trading. I was focused on my trading and Erwin was in the corporate job. So we were just doing it as a side project. Okay. But then in around, latter part of 15 to 16 we applied to idea space okay shout out again to idea space foundation shout out to butch and miss d and everybody else the crew yeah okay. i don't know who the rest of the team the unis and whatnot but shout out to them and what did you get in idea space so during that time we saw that it was the biggest i know biggest startup competition so we were curious na May, may silbi kaya itong ginagawa namin. So, okay. is there some value to our ideas? Are we just believing it for ourselves or could we validate it with the external entity? So, that was the first major test. And luckily, we, we got to the finals and we won. So, we got 500,000 seed capital. Na equity it's technically free. nothing to you now, by the way. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I can make this in a kayak and freaking El Nito. But okay, that was validation for you. So you really wanted to validate the idea. Yeah. Okay. Now, once you got to idea space, what changed in your perspective? Because you said this was all a side hustle prior to this. How did that change to now becoming a full-time, full-fledged startup founder? Well, when we you're in the formal program, that's where you get to start to think. Uh, they, they, they orient you about how do you take it to the next level. And then they present you with with all the coaches, the mentors, and all the VC people. So so then that's where you realize that, hey, from from a bunch of kids that before parang tambay tambay lang kami, how do we try to how do we turn now into a real company, a real not just a startup, or as in a, a big company in the future. So that's where we started to mold it ourselves. Duname, that's where we we really put in the protocols, put more effort, and then we finally hi- hired our first employees. 
Okay, now let's talk leadership, JC. Yeah. You now started, or you're now just, it's easy to hustle. If you want to go fast, you want to go alone. We always said, right? Go alone. But if you want to go far, you go with a team. Now you have a team and you, you hire employees aside from co founders. How did you build that team and what were the values you had to instill to make sure that that team hustles the, the same way you three had, uh, had started this? Uh, first thing that, that we do when we hire is we look at the character of the person and their motivation. We tell them that uh, if you join here in Vestagrams, it's not the usual glamorous job, na high-paying big corporation or VC-funded startup. Uh, our mission really here is to impact the lives of Filipino investors and hopefully we become one of the biggest fintech players in the long term. So sacrifice in the sense because if you're just playing with the 500,000 bootstrap capital, we didn't have any, uh, yun, just to add bro, we don't have any venture backing up till up to today. Wow, you bootstrap, aside from idea space, you bootstrap this. Ever since yung 500 capital na yun, um, the way we grew was back back then we ran some seminars. So example, right, right. I would teach a few trading strategies and then we would charge 1,000 to 4,000 pesos. So we'd, mm-hmm. we'd make 100K to 200,000 plus. That's yes. where we gained our capital and then we'd hire more people up until nagkaroon na kami ng sustainability. We had a subscription nice. to sustain ourselves. So bootstrap talaga. Okay. Now, let's talk product. Um, for those people who are still wondering, what the hell does Investagrams do? What, what did you guys build here? So at first, uh, we were the first free, uh, intuitive, na complete uh, trading charts. So dito, you, you're going to see the complete indicators in Investagrams back then. And then we had lots of learning modules. And at the same time, I think right now, we're the most utilized virtual trading platform. So what that means in the Philippines is if you're afraid to risk your own money, you can play a game first. You can practice the real the real market with just virtual money. So all of this, all bulk of our features are free. Mm-hmm. In all-in-one platform, but then if you want to upgrade to more powerful analytics, mga real-time alerts, and all of that, then there's the premium version. Got it. All right. Now that's basically it. That's what they do. They give you a piece of the game without having to burn because that's where what where a lot of people also, especially if they're not, you know, they're just doing the SAM, the Security Agreement, without fucking understanding what it is, and you follow blindly without a, a game plan. That's where people get burned. And when they get burned, they don't come back, right? AKA yeah. me. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. That's what happened to my money. Fuck like shit. <laughs> I, I know the, for, for a fact that, you know, it's not a, this is not a, uh, you know, uh, make money quick scheme. There is some discipline and there's strategy. And of it's course, a lot of that. work. Correct. Correct. Uh, to get that done. Now, how did you scale? You said you bootstrap this and whatnot. Uh, how did you scale the platform to what it is, and what were the challenges you 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 had to go through uh, as a team to get this done? Well, scaling, we weren't as far. Uh, we were growing uh, quite uh, quite good, hundred uh, percent plus every year in terms of wow. user base. Uh, right now, we've grown to five hundred fifty thousand users Shit. total registered. So. I think what helped there is we were very aggressive in educating 
our community. At the same time, we if you look at the industry, if you look at the top brokerage platforms, are mm-hmm. are without being biased, a lot of our community members are saying, Investagrams, sana kayo na lang yung broker namin because your features and your platform is more advanced than any of these brokers. So that was what we were offering. And most of our features were free. So that because, because of the superior product and the, the free content and the how we treated our customers, our community, that allowed us to scale even without too much budget with just limited wow. resources. That's amazing. So you mentioned earlier that you wanted to be something. You wanted to be our own, our, our, our own brokerage, right? What's... What does it take for you to get to that level? Because you have the tool now, and if you if you're head and shoulders above the rest, what's stopping you, or what's the challenge to become to go to that level so that you can be everything for everybody? The, the challenge there, bro, is uh, first would be the monetary requirements. You need, mm. as a broker, you need the paid up capital of of one hundred million. Okay. So if there's and someone then, listening right now who has a hundred million sitting in the bank right there, uh, yeah, I know what to do. Okay, hundred yeah, million. So, but but the challenge was, even if you had the capital, that was just the SEC requirement. Okay. Then you had to go through the the Philippine stock exchanges requirements. So that's another thing. So as a startup, it's not so easy to come out of the blue and then apply and join the the seat at the table. It's not. Correct. Correct. It's not as uh, as as straightforward. There's a very rigorous process on that. So there right. there's tons of challenges. But uh, I won't be answering in detail. But uh, rest assured, uh, rest assured is we're working on that. We've been working on that for the past year and so. Right. And then what I can say is we've made good progress, and That's hopefully awesome. soon it it comes out. So we'll just surprise the people if ever we. There get. you go. So that's an inkling you heard it first. Because I've seen you guys try to, you know, go for this 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 same goal in the final pitch a few yes, seasons yes. ago. Right? You know, and uh I knew exactly what they were trying to do. Like, wow, okay, that's fucking brave of them to even go there. Because there's also pretty old incumbents in this industry. And you know, I'm pretty sure they're they're gonna prevent you from trying to do that because of course they're gonna eat you're gonna eat into this business using a scalable tool, which is technology. Right. Yeah. So good luck. We're rooting for you, my man. So Thank you. Thank awesome. You. So aside from that, what else is uh what what's in the horizon now? Uh, you have five hundred thousand users. If you say there's one point something users, that's already more than uh, almost half of the investment population here. Yeah. What's next for you? What's the big picture now? Well, I think in terms of education, in terms of the reach, we, we've done our part into growing. Uh, and if you look at social media or maybe ask your your investor friends or trader friends, they probably used or know of Investagrams. So we, we've kind of captured 60-70% of the online, online trading population because on the 1.1 million, I think around around 800,000 or 700,000 are the online retail traders. So most of them are actually familiar or using Investagrams. So what's next is really, we already have the education, the tools, the community, everything. The the last step is to enable people to invest so that we can really fulfill our mission. Our long-term mission is to enable and empower 10 million Filipinos to invest. So that's the long-term goal. We're at 550 now. But we don't have the, the investing capabilities. But when we get there, then oh, we, that's going to be a big step. 
Holy shit. I'm excited for you. This is so exciting. But I'm pretty sure it's right around the corner. It's just only a matter of time. Okay, Thank now you. let's talk about paying it forward. Okay, let's talk about, you know, because you, you've already, you're a living proof of how that is. And obviously, till now, you're still investing at all. I'm not sure if you already hit that 10x that you need, but I'm pretty sure you have already. Because you've also, I've also seen you invest in other things. You created a fund, right? The, what is this uh, fund that you you you, talk, you talked about a, a few months ago? Oh yeah, bro. So uh, in in the past, I, I've invested in actually just one startup. Okay. So I'm not sure if you know if you've met. I think you've met him. Uh, Experience Philippines. Experience Philippines. Yeah, GN. Yeah, GN. So GN was my friend. I was one of their customers. And I really love, if I wasn't into stocks, I'd be into agriculture or tourism. So yeah. I, I loved what they were doing. So I pitched in some of my money there to GN. And I don't know, it was a chill investment. Like I left some of my capital. I wasn't the tip- typical angel or VC that would that would try to crunch them or make or tighten their... It's one of us. So, you know, you, you, won't, you yeah. wouldn't be like that. Yeah, I understood. I was just there to really support. And then from there, I saw that, hey, maybe if I had more extra funds, I could also invest into other people like Gian. So that's why I I posted an initiative like that. But then what happened? There was tons of interest, but then COVID happened. So Uh, uh, it came to a halt. So maybe, you know, we need to focus on Investagrams first. And I'm just going to continue that initiative in the future. But at least that's already there. And it's just a matter of time till. You know, you press the restart button and all that. Yeah. Okay, now I'll, I'll ask you several tips. Because again, uh, this is a little selfish for myself because uh, for people that, you know, have some liquidity on the side, you know, they don't want to put it in a bank because, of course, we always say that, right? You know, rich dad, poor dad, shit, blah, blah, blah. You want to have act, your passive income should eventually become more than your uh, active income. You know, big words, so hard to fucking do, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing: um, if if you're if you cannot afford to trade as aggressively as you are, and you have some liquidity, or you want to be in this game, what should be the proper strategy, or what's the strategies that you suggest? Considering that you just want to keep investing, but you see that that multiples that you're playing with, if you want, if you have say a million, your your ten percent is already hundred k. What's the strategy you suggest for people who can't afford to? To be as aggressive as you as you do. Uh, for the I think most most of most of the population would come into the context that they're busy doing their day job or day business, yes. right? So for the regular context of that kind of busy person, there's there's this mute there's there are these mutual funds, these pooled funds by by the big institutions where where you just deposit or invest as low as one thousand to twenty five thousand, and then mm-hmm. your money is basically pulled into the fund management side of the bank, right. a mutual fund, and then there's professional fund managers managing your money. But the right. challenge there is the the PSEI hasn't been moving too good in the last oh, no, three no. years. Like from right. nine thousand, we're just at six thousand today. Right. But Hey, it might not. It may not be too bad because we may be coming off actually at cheaper levels. So, Correct. if you're on the long-term horizon, then you may be considering allocating a few. It may be an interesting time to accumulate some mutual funds. But then, if if you're a bit more cautious, there's also those fixed income 
uh, funds where the, the the money is invested into fixed rate assets, mga corporate bonds, government bonds. This would give you returns na ranging from four to eight percent. Pero fixed, it it's basically a very low risk, small small returns, pero enough to beat the bank. And then some other some other ano some other options for the busy people. There's this startup, but they're very big now. Etoro, it's a global okay. broker. Okay. So in eToro, you could do copy trading. What is copy trading? So basically, you could search their platform. It's a broker platform, but if you if someone is a good trader, they would highlight it in the platform, and oh. they would allow other trade investors to copy the trades. Gaya, gaya, which a lot of us fucking do. Yeah. Right. Wow. So, so instead of you monitoring your day to day, just just find that good trader fund manager. You're gonna see his statistics, his risk management style, mm-hmm. and then you can leave your a few a few bucks there, like five hundred dollars or something, right. passive passive investing, and then just come back at it six months, one year, just check quarterly. So that's another option. That's like fucking finding your Pied Piper. Uh, hopefully they don't fucking burn you down. Because <laughs> yeah, what if yeah, it yeah. was a fucking pump and dump scheme? <laughs> yeah. So of course, ano lang. Um, the good thing there is they have r- very tight risk controls and risk parameters. So you're okay. gonna see the risk levels of the trader. So yeah. and of course, before you go to any investment, make sure that it's just a minor part of your your total net worth. So that yeah. whatever happens, you're 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 you can you can manage it, and you're just in a balanced, chill state. Absolutely. But what if they want to be more aggressive? Like, for example, me. Uh, I'm kind to know now that myself that I have a thing about control. I want to be in control of shit. Now, if I want to be in control of shit, that I need to make sure that uh, I am disciplined and I'm equipped to have that control. Because control comes with a price, right? Yeah. And if I did before, because I did that... the. Uh, Again, it's all about risk appetite, right? Um, how much risk are you willing to go? How much are you willing to win or lose, right? So I've had experiences where I put it in fixed income stocks, blah, blah, blah. Took forever. It's like, fuck, really? That's all I earned? <laughs> Given how aggressive I am. So now I understand that maybe I need to be in control. If I want to be trading, but still I'm running two startups at the same time, how do I make it work where... I'm still actively in control of what it is so I can achieve as close or you know similar results to what you've been able to do. Well, one strategy that uh, actually we're going to teach this further in the future. Maybe you can you can look at our modules. Uh, so so one strategy in this kind of context is position trading or trend following. So the idea here is you don't have to monitor the market day to day. But if certain stocks enter your criteria or your parameters, then you're gonna you're gonna allocate a few of your capital to that stock. And then the time frame for these trends or position trades would probably would take um, as as quick as probably one week to two weeks or can be as long as three months to six months. So the idea basically is if the trend is strong, you're just gonna hold on to the stock. But but if suddenly you get signals that hey, uh, PSEI is going down, has broken its trend, or Ayala Corp has broken its 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 100-day trend. Then that's where you get out. 
So it's yeah. it's kind of a, a chill kind of trading. But in the sense, it still requires discipline from you becoming impulsive. Because trend following is like surfing. You just ride the waves. Right. And that you're like in a zen mode. Enough to have that patience to, to let the trend manifest and flow. But uh, that's the... That's the that's the kind of strategy that would fit busy individuals, and that's what I do right now. Mm-hmm. Got it. So you're really abang abang, technically. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so be, right. be, be very strict with your buying and selling rules, and if okay. if there's a stock that enters your parameters, then dun ka lang. That's that's where you're gonna go in and just wait, have patience. All right. Now, last two questions. Uh, HM po, how much should I invest? If I am like, you know, again, uh, you said there's a very, very conservative, like 1,000 again. We all know that it's a very, liquidity is such a tough uh, question right now. It can give in the pandemic. But if you do have something, some money to put into something, how much should I invest for, uh, for, for someone to get a significant bump up where, again, that 10% can be felt and be life-changing? Well, initially... If you want to beat yung mga typical manager salary, then 500,000 para every 10% is 50K. But of course, it's not really about the absolute amount. Eh. It's about yeah. diba, yung, the percentage of your net worth. So yeah. uh, I think that's how people or, re- or us should be thinking about it. Like how much risk can I afford in my life? So for us millennials, it's okay. If we fail, we can just get back on track. But for other for more mature individuals, mga those retiring or mga yep. forty plus people, these losses may not be as easily recouped as right. as younger people can. So, for millennial, we can go aggressive. Fifty percent, seventy percent of our money or our savings, pwedeng allocate into different investments or equities. But for for more ano for more conservative types, you should you should temper down as well on your percentages. Got it. All right, sounds good. Great advice. Now, let's uh, talk generic stuff. Again, it's a pandemic. It's hard uh, to do. If, if, if someone wants to invest in this and just get started, because at the end of the day, again, um, the bright side of this pandemic is it's a great equalizer. Stocks are cheap. You, know, it's, you, can, yeah. you can come in at a price where you can actually have some gains when things bounce back. Bounce back. For, for, for people that are now interested to... To, to come into uh, the game of, of uh, being in the stock market and buying stocks. Again, there's too few of us out there, or too few of you. I'm not back in there yet. Um, what should be the approach, and how should uh, they start with this? Okay, so I think the approach before putting any kind of money, uh, it's easy to open any any brokerage account, right? Or put deposit your capital. But the first thing you should be thinking is how to find your strategy or your forte. So the first part of that is knowing yourself. How much dedication can you give? How much free time do you have? What kind of investing or trading approach would suit you? And you'd be able to do this by really doing a lot of research and studying in the first place. So right now, there are tons of online modules. You could visit our YouTube and Facebook channel. We have tons mm-hmm. of content there that can help you start off. Mm-hmm. And then there's also lots of uh, trading books or investment books. So I suggest that before you put or take take seriously the markets or investing, uh, invest in yourself first. That's the, the most crucial part. Otherwise, if you don't want to put effort 
you just invest into fund managers or copy trade or crowd or invest in fixed income or crowdfunding, yung mga fixed returns. All right. There's no uh, one book, okay? There's different strategies. At the end of the day, it's your risk appetite. Again, JC, yeah. thank you very much for being in our Pastor Share podcast. But before I let you go, please invite people over to how they should uh, join Investagrams or if they want to reach out to you, where do they do that? Okay, so uh, if you want to check out Investagrams, just check, check out investagrams.com. You can also download our app for free in the Android and iOS store. And if you want to see what, what kind of things do we teach, check out our Facebook and YouTube page. You're going to see tons of educational content there. So thank you, Ron, for having me. I had a really great time and more power to Hustle Share. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, whether it's podcast, podcast uh, <laughs> Spotify, Apple Podcast, or whatever. And if we did say some jargon, it's going to be in the show notes on hustleshare.com. And if you want to grow the community along with us, it's going to be in the Hustle Share community on Facebook. And lastly, before we let you go, Follow us on what uh, message us. That follow us. I already asked you to do that. Uh, message us on the Hustle Share chatbot powered by Chatbot Page on m.me slash hustle share to get first dibs and if you want to suggest any guest to us. Again, JC, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.